God is such a good God. Now, we're going to go over to, um, to Matthew. We're going to speak on uh, the parable of the sower and just how Christians, when they go through hard times, what must we do? So many times we go through hard times and we think God doesn't approve of us. God doesn't love us. God doesn't care for us. I want to tell you that you are approved of God. You are accepted in the Beloved. His love is for you. His love is towards you. And His love is great when it comes to you. There's nothing that can separate you from His unconditional love. His love is unconditional towards you. He's never going to change from that. That you need to know for sure. So if you go through a hard time, it is not a sign of anything from God towards you. God loves you. God cares for you. God's life is towards you. His Spirit is towards you. He will give you the peace that you need. He will give you the long-suffering that you need. He will give you the, um, the, the patience that you need. We're going to look at those things today. Those things so many times have been seen as words that it's all, almost swear words. I don't want to hear of long-suffering. I don't want to hear of patience. Let me tell you something. Long-suffering and patience, that's the, that is some of the most powerful attributes that you can ever uh, manifest in your life by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. You know, let me tell you something. <clears throat> if somebody said to me today, Bafti, you can have uh, 10,000 rand now, you know, or you can have patience. What would you choose? Man, I choose patience. Because the 10,000 rand will run out, but patience never runs out. And when you've, when you've got patience... You can live a constant, stable life. Amen. When you've got patience, you can live a constant, stable life. And that is what God has got for you. He's got patience um, as a gift towards you. Now, so many times we go through hard times, we say, but why do we go through hard times? Now, remember the parable of the sower? Um, it is a powerful, powerful scripture. Let's go to uh, chapter 13 and verse 18. Chapter 13 and verse 18. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not. Now that is very, very important for you to see there. It says, and understands it not. Then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now, Jesus Christ came and he said, the word is sown. When that word is sown towards you, it is a word that, um, that will fall in your heart. If you understand that word, then it will bring forth fruit. If you don't understand that word, that word will bring forth no fruit. That's why Paul says, he says, pray that God give us utterance that we might preach in a certain way. You know? So, if one thing you must know for sure is that if there's no utterance, there will be no understanding. We must preach in a way that there can be understanding. We must preach in a way that people can see, well, I've come to the knowledge of the gospel of grace. That's why we simply preach this gospel. It must be a simple gospel. It must be a gospel that comes over clearly. We don't want to mix it with law because then it's not simple anymore. We must simply have it straight out the way it is supposed to be what God has done for us. 
Amen. That's how simple it should be. Now, um, I'm going to go on to verse verse 20 there. Uh, It says there, But he that receives seed in the stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and straightway with joy receives it. Yet has he no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Amen. So, what it says there, it it says, but he that receives seed by, in the stony places, is he that receives a word on something that is very hard. And then persecution will arise. Now, when you look at Matthew and what Jesus said, he didn't write and say persecution might arise. He says when it arises. So it will happen. You will go through hard times. It is just the way it is going to be. It is going to be like that. You are going to go through some hard times somewhere in your life. Sometime it's going to simply be like that. So, um, he says, the person that goes through the hard time and has not the word rooted into his heart, he will be the person that will fall away in the hard time. So, here he, he gives us a key on how we can have a stable life. The stable life that we're going to have is very, very simple. It is on the foundation of the gospel of God's grace. So he says, the person that's got grace in his life, rooted in his innermost being, is the person that will not fall away in hard times. So, what is the answer to hard times for a Christian? It is the gospel of God's grace. Many people, when they've got a law mindset, they're law-based, when hard times come, man, they fall away. If I come to you and I preach a message to you and say, well, if you do these five things for God, then this is how well it's going to go with you. Now, your mindset is, I do things right, then I'm going to be so blessed. Now, you already go through hard times, or I wouldn't say hard times, you are putting in willpower to go to do these five steps. When you do these five steps, you are expecting something very good to happen very soon. Now, if persecution comes instead of a blessing, what's going to happen to your heart? You're going to say, hope is deferred. Your heart's going to grow sick. And you're going to say, well, I don't want to have part of this in this gospel thing anymore. Now, the true context in which Jesus Christ was speaking was, He was saying, listen, um, my kingdom will be established in this earth in my return. People believe Jesus. They said, I want to be part of this kingdom. I believe Jesus died for me. He rose again for me. Um, I am blessed. I've got everything as He says. People immediately after they've believed, they've experienced, like we experience today, peace and righteousness and all the wonderful things in their life. And then, they've expected Jesus to come back, but all of a sudden, the the Jewish people started to persecute the church some of the Gentiles started to persecute the church. Paul even had where the church started to persecute him and say bad things about him. Preachers started to speak bad about Paul. And what, instead of having the kingdom of Jesus return to the earth, there was persecution and hard times. 
Now you might say, but Bertie, you know, this persecution and these hard times, you know, we are not persecuted so much these days. Now, let me tell you, the persecution they had was also part of this world. So, they were persecuted in a way that it touched their family life, it touched their, their possessions, their finances, and all those type of things. It touched all those things. And when it touched those things, they were in exactly the same situation what we are when we go through hard times. And most of the time, when people go through hard times, it's in, in two areas of their life. The two areas is this. The one, the one is where we find that it's family life. People struggle when it comes to family life. Then the other thing, which is a very, very big thing, where people say, well, I'm struggling, is when it goes hard with their finances. Now, the church, the, the, the early church, Jesus said to them in Matthew, that when they're going to be persecuted, they must run away from Jerusalem. When the war comes to Jerusalem, because Jerusalem was destroyed in uh, 6970 AD, it was destroyed. Jesus said to them, leave everything and run to the mountains. Now, what about a house? <laughs> what about security and in schooling and all those type of things? Jesus didn't say, well, you know, they're going to make war and the whole of Jerusalem, the city is going to be destroyed, but the houses of the believers, oh, there's going to be nothing wrong with that. Jerusalem was burnt. The Christians in Jerusalem that didn't flee as Jesus said they would, died in that war, in, in the destruction of Jerusalem. Their houses was destroyed. They suffered the loss of their things. But they were saved. They ran away and they, and, and they were saved. And God gave them patience. And this is what Jesus also said. When persecution arises, man, you're going to... Uh, uh, if your heart, if, if this gospel of grace is not rooted in your heart, but it's sown upon a rock, that rock, I believe, also speaks of the law system, which says, um, you know, it, it was engraved on stones. So, if you've got a law belief system, and now you've got the grace mindset that says, well, I believe the grace of God, if I do this grace thing now, then I'm going to gain here, I'm going to gain there, and my life is going to be... And, and all of that is based on a law system. My friend, I want to tell you, you're going to be offended. But when the grace gospel is rooted in your heart, I don't care what hard time comes your way. You will continue to walk in the righteousness of God. You will continue to be in a place where the end is always so blessed. I've got a very good friend of mine that um, his business went down. I've testified about him many times. And uh, he was very, very blessed. He was prosperous. Things were going very well. And then there was an economic downfall in the, um, in the country. And at that time, the, he just hit it on a bad time. And um, he lost basically everything. Now he's, he's a farmer. And uh, now he's farming, farming for somebody else. And we can, you, I tell you what he does is such a perfect work. I mean, the plants, they are so perfect. I mean, the, the economy in, in that area in South Africa is still going very well. Uh, the farmer that he works for now is making a lot of money out of what he does. So he was not a bad farmer. But his situation was very, very difficult and he lost it all. But at this time he is doing 
very well and he's saving up again and um, very soon I, I believe now I say very soon in a year or two he's going to farm again and he's going to build up a business again so he will be blessed but in this time when he was going through this, these hard times many other people shoot themselves they get divorced you know they live far from God they don't have joy and peace where this friend of mine I, mean, I tell you he had joy he, where he would normally fly wherever he goes he had to take the bus or the train and there was a time when he even walked but while he did that if he phoned me he laughed about it and he would make jokes there was here and there when he felt a bit depressed and ah oh, you know when is this going to change but God was so faithful and in bring and I tell you this gospel of grace is so rooted in his heart and he doesn't sit with us there but you know, I've got this much and, I, and, and uh, I had so much more and why God... You know, this why God thing is not in his heart because his joy is in what God has done and in who he is in Jesus Christ, expecting the return of the Lord and knowing that God gives him patience now while God is helping him to build up another business again. You know, there are certain things that we run away from in, in life. It doesn't take one day to build a ministry. It doesn't take one day to build a business. This ministry of, uh, I mean my ministry to, to get where we are now concerning the web and all those type of things took us uh, two years, you know, to get to where we are now. So, another guy can say, but I want that right now. Like we had a guy that came here and he said to me, um, you know, he's going to go to another country and he wants a website like mine now. <laughs> you can't have it now. It's never going to be like that now. Even if you get a lot of people working on that, unless you've got a lot of money, you're not, even if you've got a lot of money, it's going to take you some months you know, to, uh, to get that done. So there are certain things that we must not lose perspective of in this life. Certain things take long. If you've lost your business, um, even if you're in the gospel of grace, it is going to take some time for that business to start up again and for God to get a business, get you into a business again. Maybe it can be like with this friend of mine. God first gets him into a place where he's going to have a job and work for a boss, where he learns on how to farm in that specific area of the country, where he learns uh, how, what uh, um, pesticides you need to put on the plants, what what type of thing grows, how the soil works, and all those things. Now he's learning at the expense of another man, and somebody else takes all his expertise, teach it to my friend, and now he will be able to go and apply that in a successful business. Now when he, when he starts business, he can do it from a different perspective, where he doesn't do it to find a good identity in how much money I have, how big my, my, my farm is, and how none like that, but he can be a person that says, well, God meets my needs and one of my needs, my need is that my family will live well and my need is that the gospel will be spread. And this is what is in this friend of mine's heart. So God will meet that need. So he'll have enough money to live a good life and to support the gospel of Jesus. And in that, he will have peace and joy and righteousness. All of that. So when we look at Matthew 13, we can see that the Bible says that there will be some hard times. It, family life things I mean it's only by the grace of God and the gospel of grace that in marriage you can find that true uh, um, endurance 
that if you struggle with the other party and, 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 and there's fights and quarrels and maybe you're going through hard times in other areas um, that, that people normally start to fight with each other, they fight about their kids. It's by the gospel of grace that people make wise decisions in marriage. It's by the gospel of grace that people are, um, you know, in lo- walk in love towards one another and where they have got patience with each other. So, the root message, the root gospel that will get you through hard times is the gospel of grace. Let's read it again. I want you to follow me on the screen there. It says in verse 18, Matthew 13 verse 18, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Then very important verse 20. But he that receives seed in the stony place, the same is he that hears the word, and a nun or straightway with joy receives it, yet has he no root in himself, verse 21, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. In other words, he never bears any fruit. He never starts to bear fruit. He is at a place where he hears the gospel, but the gospel is not rooted in him so that he can bear fruit. When hard times come, I want to tell you the true gospel of grace is the only message that's been tested as a message that can withstand hard times and it has been proven by Jesus Christ. So when we believe this gospel, you will find patience in your heart, you will find love in your heart, you will find long-suffering in your heart, you will go through, through that thing, and while God sets up the other thing for you, where you can be blessed. Amen. Um, I want to just give uh, uh, two testimonies. There's two businessmen uh, that, that phoned me, um, also from other countries, and uh, you know, they, they were going through a bit of a hard time. My one friend is in the hotel business and he's going through a hard time financially. And he said to me, Bert, you know, I was going through such a hard time that, um, like he would say, a year ago I was a millionaire and now I don't have enough money for food until the end of the week. Now, when, and I mean, he's, and he said to me, Bert, I've listened to all your teachings on finances. And uh, I've got a 12-part series that I preached on and many others. And he listened to that and he said to me, but this is the situation. So he said, but there's one scripture he's going to stand on. He's going to put this to the test. He's going to stand on the scripture in uh, Matthew 6 verse 26 where it says, Behold the fowl of the air. Look at the birds of the air. They don't, don't sow or reap or gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So God, uh, and he said he's standing on that scripture. And the Friday, I think he phoned me on the Tuesday, the Friday he phoned me, he said to me, you know Bertie, I used my last pennies at the shop and somebody phoned me or met him in the shop, I'm not sure, and said to him, you know what, I still owe you money. And he came and he gave him money. And now things are changing and there's some great, great business uh, opportunity opening up. So in that time, he said, I looked at the situation, my mind said, Man, you don't have enough money for food until the end of the week. He says, but as he was pondering upon grace, he felt a peace that he could not comprehend with his normal mind. It is peace that surpasses understanding. 
and he had a long suffering inside him. He said it, it was just difficult sometimes with other people in his influence sphere that, um, you know, <laughs> that might be stressing. But him pondering and meditating upon this gospel, what happened to him? He just had this peace that surpassed all understanding. And that carried him in that time while God was setting up some other business deal or something. Now, I don't say that is how it's supposed to go all the time, but when hard times come, and if hard times should come, it's the gospel of grace, which is the route that takes us through. Now, I want us to go to James, James chapter 1, and we're going to just read there, uh, James, uh, James chapter 1 from verse 1. Many people struggle with this scripture many times. It says from verse 1, it says, James, the servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now that is very, very powerful. I want us just to have a look again. Um, in, in at verse 2 it says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing now that verse 4 is so so powerful when you look at this 4 we see that it says there that let patience have, have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So, yet they were going through hard times. The hard times was not orchestrated by God. It was not orchestrated by God. Let's go to um, verse 13. James 1 verse 13. And uh, um, let's just see what it says there. It says in verse 13, Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away in his own lust and enticed. So, what does it say in verse 13? That let no man say when he's tempted or going through a hard time that it's of God. For God tempts, tests, tries or scrutinizes nobody, for that is not in his nature. Let's go to verse 17 there. Verse 17. It says... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Again, the beginning of verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Amen. Now, we can clearly see that what is good comes from God. When you go through hard times, it's not orchestrated of God. And that's the problem that many people have. When you go through hard times, you want to say, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to show me? Um, hard times is not designed by God to teach you anything. Hard times want to get you away from your faith. And that's what James there says. He says, when you go through hard times, count it all joy when you fall into temptations, because you've got this knowledge that the trying of your faith will manifest patience. Now, so many times we th people say, well, you know, God wants to teach me patience, then He will put me through a hard time so that He can teach me patience. That is a complete wrong 
understanding of grace. Say this to yourself. Say, that is a wrong understanding of that scripture. It's just wrong. What it says here, it says, why can we count the joy when we see hard times come? He says, because we've got this knowledge that the moment when our faith is tried, because our gospel is rooted deep into our hearts, our belief brings forth and carries the power of patience that will push us through so that we can receive the very thing that was promised by God. So what he was actually saying is, well, when hard times come, don't stress out, because the faith that you have inside you possesses the power to take you through to the other side for it's a genuine and a true faith because it's based on the gospel of grace. Now, I want to say it another way. If you don't have a faith that is rooted, if the gospel of grace is not rooted inside your heart, deep inside your heart, and the foundation is a law foundation, I want to read the scripture to... to, uh, Read read the scripture this way. In verse 2 it says, My brethren, count it all desolation and destruction when you see hard times on the horizon, knowing this, that the trying of a law-based faith works destruction. So, (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for this. We are not afraid when we hear Well, um, there's a a recession in the world. Now, I hear um, friends of mine from Canada said that on the news, that in the United States, it's been, they show that they take bulldozers and bulldoze down all the new houses. New houses, they're busy building, they just bulldoze them flat to help and save the house market. For, for the house market has dropped with 50%, sometimes even more. Uh, when I was in the States, you could buy a house for $30,000. You know, um, where in South Africa, let me tell you something, you're not going to buy a house for, for $30,000. Just forget it. A small, very small two-bedroom house in a town where it's very cheap in South Africa, you're going to pay... Well, we, we looked at one the other day that we want to run our TV station from. It's a small two-bedroom house. It's $80,000. That's it. You're in 80, $85,000, $90,000 with a rand dollar as it is now. So, um, I mean, things are just dropping. But when we look at that, if you are a, a grace-based Christian, and this is what uh, Paul said, uh, what James said to the guys. He says, listen, when you see that thing, don't worry. Because the belief that you have concerning who God is possesses the power to give you in that time patience. Now, what is patience? Patience is what comes to... It's an emotion. Let me talk about the emotional side of it. It's an emotion that doesn't make... that makes things that's hard feel not hard. That makes things that feels very long and difficult feel short and easy. Amen. Now, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to verse 20, 22. Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, 
Now that word long-suffering in some other translations is also translated as patience. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So the fruit of being in the gospel of grace is when a hard time should come, we receive the very thing that pushes us through that hard time, the fact that we will be blessed and uh, 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 lacking nothing according to James. Let's just go back to James there and just look at that verse there again. It, it says in verse 4, James chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So James is not saying that you will not have that you'll only be cursed, and we are now just happy to be cursed. He says, no, you will be blessed. But the faith that we have has got the power that pushes us through unto that blessing where the other person falls away because of hard times. Um, One day a a businessman phoned me and said to me, Bafti, you know, what advice can you give me in this time? I said to him, the first thing I can tell you is don't trust in in the uncertainty of riches. And I spoke to him the other day as well. I said, listen man, since the beginning of, 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 or since the fall of man, finances has never been stable. Never. The whole thing these days is, if you go and look at the stock market and all those, is people that are very clever to make money out of the instability, or the instability of money. So money is such an unstable thing that people base their financial income on the instability of it. People, they believe it's going to go down and go up and go down and go up and that's how they make money on the stock, stock market. So it's so unstable that millions and millions of people make money out of it. So how can we trust that? <laughs> You know, people make money off something that's very unstable, knowing it's going to bite them sometime, because that's just the way it is. So when it comes to finances, I want to tell you, and living in this world, that we as, as the church, we are not of this world, but we are in this world. So if the fuel price goes up, it's going to go up for the Christian as well. Amen. I received an SMS from somebody that is in our church in Cape Town, and she said to me, I've I've lost my job, I've been retrenched, you know, and that she's going through a hard time and that she cannot come to our service because of, um, she doesn't have money to travel to the service. But let me tell you something, she says that above it all, I've got a peace that I cannot explain. It is simply rooted in the gospel of grace. Now, we will phone her and we will help her and all those type of things. That will happen. But... the I can tell you now that we will testify on this station of how she will be entire and wanting nothing and how God has provided for her. I know the context of this is actually the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are many signs and wonders in this world and a sign of that is also in the lives of Christians and how God provides for them. Amen. And they will, it will happen. And what, what are we going to do uh, uh, concerning her situation? We will help her and we will make sure that she stays in this gospel of God's unconditional love. Amen. So here we see in Galatians, let's just go there again to Galatians, but this time let's go to verse um, 18. Galatians 5, 18. And I'm going to just read these two, two verses and, and, and expand a bit on that and then 
um, then we're going to end the service. Amen. Right, it says in verse 18, But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, or the works of being under the law, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. It doesn't sound as as if that person, you know, with all these fighting and emulations and outbursts of wrath and seditions and heresies and and, uh, um, strife and wrath, it doesn't sound as if the law-based mindset can produce anything good whenever a hard time comes. So when a hard time comes, my friend, don't head off for the law thinking that I've been in the gospel of grace and it didn't work. Now I'm going through a hard time. Now I'm going for the law. The law is going to work death in you in that situation. Amen. And heading off to the law in a hard time is being offended with the gospel of grace, saying it doesn't work, I'm heading for the law. And that's exactly what happened to the people when they were in the desert. Let's go to uh, uh, the last verse here, Luke, uh, not Luke, sorry, Jude. Jude, the last book before you get Revelation. Jude. Verse 5. He says, I will therefore put in your remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Now, that sounds like a very harsh scripture. I don't want to go too much in depth into it. But the people were led out of Egypt. They were destroyed in the desert because of unbelief. Unbelief in what? In the good news. There was just no salvation for them to go into the promised land. Promised land speaking of the return of Jesus Christ and the immortality and all those type of things. Now, what he says here is that they were led out of Egypt, but they had to continue in the faith. But they said, man, I want to go back to Egypt for there was better provision there for me. The thing was again a financial thing. They worried about their situation. We are in the desert. We are going through a hard time. But when they moved from the promised, from uh, 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 Egypt to the promised land, they went through a desert time. Now, I'm not preaching desert time. God's going to take you through this desert time. And if you go through a hard time, God's purifying you in the desert. All I'm saying is, when hard times come, keep your mind on the gospel of grace and upon the promise of Jesus Christ. Amen. And don't long back again for the law. If you want to use this as a type and a shadow of, a, of our life, if you go through a hard time, a desert time or a dry time in your life, now that's, I'm not t- talking about spiritual, I'm talking about if it happens that your finances are just falling out of the bus, you're going through a divorce or something bad happens. If you go through that time, number one, it's not God leading you there. It is just the place where you are. Amen. It's not God saying, well, you must be in the desert for me to purify you and I'm testing you now. No. 
You know, God said to, to I, I believe uh, that, that we, in our minds and in our spirits, we are in the promised land. I'm, I'm enjoying the power of the promised land inside. That's what I'm born into. I'm born into the resurrected, re- resurrected life of Jesus Christ. That's where I am from. And I'm in a place where people are suffering and I'm teaching them this gospel of grace, getting them out of Egypt, you know, into the promised land. Amen. So, but if you go through a hard time, let me tell you this. Don't head back for Egypt, bondage, or the law, or Jerusalem. Keep your mind on the heaven, on heaven, on who you are in Christ, on that you are the righteousness of God, free from your situation, and you'll find that that will bring forth that life in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, my friend, that is, that's what I want to say. Um, I don't want to draw the thing out. Go and study those scriptures. Watch this again in the archive. You'll really be blessed. The scriptures are on the screen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to pray for you if you are going through a hard time. Maybe struggling with sickness or something like that. Even with sickness, what does the Bible say? People are sick and some of them have died. Why? Because they don't discern the body of Christ. So when you go through a hard time, what's the thing we must do? Discern Jesus. Discern grace. Discern how He approves of us. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That is what God came to give us. So, let us just pray together. Father, I want to thank You that You love us so much. I want to thank You that You care for us. I want to pray for every person that is going through a need. May they see Your grace. I thank You that the faith they have possesses the attribute to produce life in their lives where they are. I declare that they are the blessed. I declare an end to their heart situation, that you've opened a door for them. Patience in their hearts to see the outcome, to have an ear that can hear what you say in that situation, that can have wisdom in how to get out. Thank you for that, my God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I just want to bring under your attention again uh, the crusade we're going to have in Zambia, in western Zambia, uh, we will also have a nice slideshow with pictures of our previous crusade just running again. And you can also go to um, our crusade report that is on the website. We will also update it with some newer uh, uh, reports of what we did in Hermanus, as well as what I recently did in Zimbabwe again. So, the do- so you can have a look at that more. There will be more pictures that you can just enjoy. And then if you want to give towards that, we will really appreciate that and that money will really touch the lives of people. We only need a thousand, between a thousand two hundred and a thousand five hundred dollars, twelve to fifteen thousand rand. So, um, just open your heart. Let me tell you something. If you want to give and you know I've never been begging for money or anything for so long on this and I'm not going to start. And for so long I have not spoken about money because I want you in the sense of support something good. And I haven't done that for a very simple reason. Because people's hearts have been so hurt and burdened with give this, give this, give this. But God has made us givers as well. So if you want to give, don't let fear dictate to your heart. If you want to give towards this, be involved in something where you can take your money and change it into souls. (laughs) Where you can take your money and the giving, your giving becomes generosity that's added to your word about your life. Amen. So you can be involved in something like that. So if you want to be involved, thank you so much for giving generously towards that. Amen. Thank you that you've joined this broadcast.